eternity. Power, might, and glory, fastening light, gravity pulling, the universe calling out to a lonely, broken sphere. Dirt, water, and night, by his word, he called out, let there be light, light, light. Creation of beauty, the earth a wonder, but evil crept in through darkness. Dominion, all of Lucifer's minions, roaming and leading the nations. Humanity captives, our race apprehensive, in need of a savior to help us. Do not be afraid, God has favor on you. You will bear a son, a light to the world, Messiah to all, the hope of the world, and you shall call him Jesus, Jesus the, Christ, the Christ, the Savior of all, God of light and history, word of life and mystery, Son of God, Son of man, Holy Spirit sent from him that we may know truth, not for fame or fortune, but for his name he was broken, flogged and beaten, dead and risen, resurrected by the day. Prince of peace, king of all, on the throne, four creatures call. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Like roots to the dirt, we cling on for life. Have mercy, O Lord, come and save us this night. Holy Spirit, speak through me, tongues of fire and prophecy. Let us declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Have you heard the good news? We are saved for eternity and today from fire and decay, from our sin and immorality. Jesus has changed our reality that we might be free, set apart and holy, destined and worthy to exalt his name. Hosanna, we pray. Lift up, oh, his name. He is worthy of our praise. He is alive and well. Let my spirit boast and tell that he has conquered the grave. Amen. Good morning, Landmark Church. How are you doing today? Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. So good to see you today. Thank you for being with us. If this is your first time. My name is uh, Justin Blankenship. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. We are honored to celebrate this day with you and your family. What an exciting time. We've already had a, a parking lot service this morning, and we're able to celebrate people out there. And we'll have one more service after this. And we're thankful for all that is happening. I want you to know, as soon as church is out in the cafe area, there's going to be a photo booth out there that you and your family can take photos. If you want them on your phone, we also have a photographer out out there um, don't flirt with her because it's my wife and uh, so uh, and she's gonna look really pretty today so don't be but uh, now if you want to take a photo afterwards we'll post those online later on on our Facebook page you're welcome to go find those and and take those so, amen we're honored that you're here if you'll stand with us we like to stand here at the reading of God's Word I'm gonna jump right into our message this morning I want to preach to you my favorite Easter passage my favorite resurrection story Luke chapter 24 this week we've been on a journey, beginning last Sunday. We talked about the triumphal entry that Christ rode into Jerusalem. We've been talking about the road to Easter. And he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, humbly, not riding a stallion, trying to be uh, an earthly king. But he rode in being our Messiah. And thankfully he has been exalted the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? He rides into Jerusalem. And on Wednesday night we talked about the road to Gethsemane, the pressing, the oil press 
that Christ went there and sweated great drops of blood and, and said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Friday night on our Good Friday service, we talked about the Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering, the way to the cross, and how he suffered and he died and he bled, not just one little drop of blood, but his entire blood shed for us so that we could have the remission of our sins and salvation. And this morning, we get to talk about the road to Emmaus and the exciting news of the resurrection. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13. To the media team, I always throw a loop. I'm going to add one extra verse. I'm going to go to 36 instead of 35. I forgot to tell them that. Amen. Verse 13, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things that have happened in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, we were hoping, get those words, we had hoped it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe in all the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone further but they constrained him saying abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent and he went in to stay with them now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. I'm going to say he is risen in a moment. And I want you to say he is risen indeed. You ready? One, two, three. He is risen. One more time. He is, risen. he is risen. Father, we just thank you today that you are risen and what the hope that we have in you, what this story means to us. So, Father, right now as I speak, I just pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be with us, 
That, Father, it won't be man's words that we hear this morning, but it'll be the power of the Holy Spirit in your words that changes lives. Thank you for our time together. And at the end of the day, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor because you alone are worthy of it all. We ask all these things in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people together said, Amen. Turn around somebody say, Happy Resurrection Sunday, and you may be seated. Seven miles, seven miles between Jerusalem and Emmaus, and they're walking. Thank the Lord for vehicles, amen? Henry Ford was ordained of the Lord to create a car. They're walking these seven miles, and I believe those seven miles were probably the longest they had walked in their life because their head's down. They are dejected, disappointed, depressed, and they're walking. I don't know how long it took them, maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours, but I imagine going, it was a lot slower. They didn't have the stride of wanting to get there quick enough. Their world had been turned upside down. They had been following this man, and everything they believed was shattered. And in that moment, that feeling of depression, that feeling of life's over, that feeling of I, we just wasted all these years, we just, what in the world were we thinking? We were played the fool. In that moment, somebody comes up alongside them and begins to listen into their conversation. I remember one day I was visiting the hospital in Norman and at the healthplex, and I sit down, and I'm the only one in the waiting room. And literally, somebody came that I did not know, and sat down right beside me. And I'm looking around thinking, all these chairs, I don't know you. Okay? This is before COVID. I would have been like skewed over at least one, social distance a little bit. He, they sit, he sits right beside me. And I mean, it was awkward. I don't know. I didn't know what he was doing. I still to this day, I don't know who it was or what he was doing. But I imagine here these two people are talking and then here comes this man and he's walking up beside them. They're probably thinking, what in the world? Why is he listening in? I mean, why is he walking beside us? You, you scoot out of the way because you think he's going to pass you. And then he's just sitting there hanging out with us. We don't know exactly who the two disciples were. We know one of them. And one of them um, was a, a man by the name of Cleopas. <clears throat> and, and we don't know the other. I, it's funny, when I've been studying this, most people say two men, but the Bible doesn't say that. It says two of them. No matter what translation, it never says two men. It says two of them. So we don't know for a fact it was two men. Some people believe that Cleopas was actually the brother of Joseph, Jesus' dad, earthly father. And he had a wife by the name of Mary. And so some people believe it was Cleopas and Mary. If you read the gospel accounts, there were several Marys that were at the tomb that day. So it could have been his uncle Cleopas and his aunt Mary, and she could have been the one of the ones at the tomb that day. But need, no matter what happens, they don't know who this stranger is. But it's not by accident. The Bible says their eyes have been restrained where they can't notice who it is. But here's what I want you to see. Luke is a historian. Stick with me. I'm laying a foundation this morning. Luke is a historian. He's a doctor but he's also a historian. 
He is the only Gentile to write a gospel and the only Gentile in the canon of Scripture to write a, a book of the Bible. Here is Luke, and he's very specific about his words. Luke uses certain words on purpose. And I love that Luke says, and Jesus drew near to them. He drew near to them. They're walking away. They're going to Emmaus. And the reason that Luke says seven miles and he says Emmaus is because he wants you to know Jesus had promised them something. In three days, the Son of Man will die. In three days, he will rise again. And I will meet you in Galilee. I will meet you in Galilee. Hey, guys, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life. I'll meet you in Galilee. But guess what? They're going to Emmaus. That's not Galilee. Matter of fact, it's the ways from Galilee. It's the wrong direction. They are leaving Jerusalem. They are walking away from this life. They're walking away from everything they believed in, everything they've hoped in. They said, I'm done. I'm going back home. I give up. I quit. I am out of here. And in that moment, Jesus draws near to them. I love that because here's the thing. I, all my life, I feel like if I ever turn my back on the Lord or I get mad and I walk away, Jesus is going to abandon me. He's going to say I'm done. He's going to say, well, just get on out of here. Have it your way. Not my Jesus. My Jesus, even whenever I have some issues, even when I have some doubts, even when I have some problems, even in moments of depression and in moments of dejection and feeling rejected, I don't serve a Jesus who says, have it your way, get out of here. But he always draws near to me. He always comes to where I'm at, and he says, I will find you. You can walk away, but I'm still going to find you, and I'm going to come after you. They're leaving, but Jesus said, no, uh-uh, you ain't getting out of here that easy. I'm going to come along beside you. And there he walks with them, and he asks them a question. Kind of funny. I've been told all my life Jesus is the answer. Matter of fact, when I was in Bible college, if we didn't know an answer to the question, we just wrote Jesus, hoping they would give us a, a credit, a half a point, because Jesus is the answer. What's two plus two? Jesus. But he asked them a question. What are you talking about? And it's funny because they, Cleopas, maybe Uncle Cleo, says to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? You don't know what's going on? I mean, all this stuff, where have you been, man? What's happening? You're walking from Jerusalem. Surely you heard about this. What in the world are you thinking? And in that moment, Jesus said, what things? And they said to him, Jesus of Nazareth. We know he was the prophet because we saw the deeds. We saw the miracles. We saw the blind eyes open. We saw the, le the lepers leaping and the dumb talking. And we saw all these things happen. We saw everything that took place. We know he was a prophet in deed. And we know he was a prophet in word. He spoke words nobody else had ever said. But we had hoped he was also the Messiah. We had hoped he wasn't just a prophet. We had hoped he was Messiah. And in that moment, Jesus looks at them and he says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He wasn't calling them stupid. The word foolish does not mean stupid. The word foolish to a Jewish person was not an intellectual connotation. It was a moral thing. He wasn't calling them ignorant or stupid. What he's saying is, why haven't you believed? Matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalms, the fool had said, 
in his heart, there is no God. So foolishness is not a thing where you're stupid or you don't have enough intellect. Foolish means you chose not to believe. Everything's there and you chose not to believe. And Jesus tells them, I've been telling you this was going to happen. How could you not believe? And then he opens up the scripture and he gives the greatest Sunday school lesson that has ever been given in the history of the world. Starting at the beginning of Genesis, he goes all the way through Malachi. Here's the funny thing. Whenever Cleo asked him this question, don't you know what's going on? Jesus was the only person on planet Earth that actually did know what was going on. He's the only one that knew everything that was happening. But in that moment, he wanted them to see what was really happening. He wanted them to open scriptures. I'm so glad whenever I, whenever I don't believe that God doesn't give up on me and say, you have a doubt you're done with, but instead... He opens up his word to speak truth into my life so that I can be changed by the truth of the gospel. Amen? Amen. And then all of a sudden, they're walking along, and Jesus acts like he's going to go further. Hey, guys, I got my 10,000 steps in. I'm going to go up the road a little bit. See you later. And they say, come and eat with us. And in that moment, he sits down with them. And I think this is kind of funny, okay? Because if you ever go to anybody else's house, if you ever go into somebody's house and you're the one who grabbed the bread and prayed over it and did all that, don't you usually let the host do that? Like if you, if you ever sat down at somebody's table and you just decide, I'm going to help myself before anybody says anything, this is their house. But Jesus sits down at their house and the Bible says he grabs the bread and he breaks it and he blesses it and it gives it, he gives it to them. And all of a sudden when he gives them the bread, two things happen. Listen, all of a sudden the first thing happens is this, their eyes are opened and they see Jesus in ways they had never seen him before. They realize this is the Christ. Their eyes eyes were open and they realized this is the man we've been talking about. They see him clearly for the first time like they had never seen him before. Listen, when you invite Jesus into your life, when you invite Jesus into your home, when you invite Jesus into your situation, I believe you will see things clearer than you've ever seen before. You won't walk around with cloudy eyes, but you'll see that Jesus is with you. He is among you. He is in the midst of everything that is going on. When you invite Jesus in, things begin to clear up like they've never cleared up before. Amen? And in that moment, here is Jesus, and he vanishes before their eyes. I was praying, asking the Lord, Lord, why did they see him clearly in that moment and not before? And here's what I feel like. I feel like, once again, their eyes were restrained. Why restrain their eyes? Why not just show up and be like, hey, everybody, I'm back. That's what I would have been like. Ta-da, I'm here. Let's celebrate. But Jesus doesn't do that. Here's the reason why I think so. I think that if they had saw him at first, as he's walking with them, they would have grabbed him and they would have seen him as they thought he was. But Jesus needed to open up the scriptures to them so they could see him for he, what he truly was and why he truly had to die. They didn't understand it. And if they had seen him at first, they would have seen what they thought was true. But Jesus had to reveal himself to them and open up the scriptures to them so that whenever their eyes were finally open, they could realize this isn't the same Jesus. He's the same person. He's here, but he is a resurrected Jesus. He is different. There is something different about him now because now he is not just a man that came and lived a 
among us, but now He rose from the grave and that changes everything. That changes history because of Him. Because He died and He rose again. I'm not looking at the same person. I, looked at before. He, I know He can look the same, but now I am seeing a Christ that has been resurrected and in that moment He has been, they have been changed. He has been changed and their life has been changed. Some scholars believe that whenever He broke the bread and blessed it, He would have handed to them palms up. And when he broke the bread and blessed it and handed it to them, they would have seen the nailed, scarred hands. And in that moment of seeing the nailed, scarred hands, their eyes are opened and they realize this is the Christ. This is the one that we believed. He really is that. And then the second thing happens when you invite Jesus into your life and into your heart, into your home. The Bible says when he leaves, they look at each other. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us when he showed us the scripture? They realized we have had experience with God. Listen to me. When you come to know Jesus, the resurrected Christ, you will experience him in ways you have never experienced him before. And you will have an experience with God where you realize he has changed me. He has transformed me. There will be no mistake about it. I have been in the presence of Jesus. And because of that, there is something changed on the inside of me. I believe some of you need to join, not the heartburn club. Some of you join that when you got a certain age or you ate pizza last night or you ate Mexican food last night. I'm not saying you should join the heartburn club, but you need to join the burning hearts club. And the problem is the burning hearts club, many of us, we had that experience at one time, but we allowed the fire to go out. We allowed the fire and the passion to grow dim. And I believe that God over and over and over wants us to remind us that we can experience the resurrected Christ, not just one time and say a prayer and get saved and go to heaven, but on a regular basis we come in contact with the resurrected Christ and we got a fire inside of us we got a fire burning on the inside of us because we know we have been with Jesus did not our hearts burn within us when he opened up the scriptures to us in that moment and then the Bible says they went back to Jerusalem I don't know how long it took them to get there but listen if I was a betting man I can promise you I would bet you that they got back a lot quicker than when they got there they would have grabbed up their robes or whatever they had to do and they ran and they booked it back to Jerusalem. And they tell the disciples what happens. And I love this. While they're saying, we saw Jesus, somebody else pipes up. Well, he, Simon saw him as well. And all of them begin to say their stories. All of them begin to tell what happens. All of them begin to say, this is what happened and this is why this happened and this happened. You know, today, maybe you come in here a little skeptical, and that's, that's cool. I mean, that's fine. Maybe you come in here today and you say, I don't know about this whole resurrection thing. It doesn't make any sense. And you know what? I believe the Bible. I believe it's the Word of God. And I believe it says it, so it's true, and I believe that. But maybe you say, I'm not there. And you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the proof I have of the resurrection today. It's not just that the Bible says it, even though I believe that. It's not just that maybe history books tell us that, even though I believe it's a true event that happened in history. But you know what I believe the most revealing thing about the resurrection is as they all began to share their stories, as Simon said, yeah, I saw him too. As Mary said, I saw him and I was about to cling on to him. And he says, do not cling on to me, don't do that. In that moment, guess what happened? Jesus shows up in the middle of them. And he says, peace to you. 
Because anytime nobody's in the room, I mean, the person's not in the room and they just show up out of nowhere, you got to say peace to you. Everybody freaks out. Okay? That's like the greeting. Okay? So if you ever do this one day, just always say peace to you. Just kidding. Jesus just shows up out of nowhere and says peace to you. In the middle of them telling their stories, he shows up. You know what my proof of the resurrection is this morning? You and me. The reason I believe the resurrection is because I know people who have been addicted and I've seen God change them and save them and deliver them and set them free. The reason I believe the resurrection is because I know people that wanted to end their life. They thought life was not worth living and I'm done with it. But in Christ they found hope. In Christ they found that life is worth living. The reason that I believe in the resurrection is because all of us were dead in our trespasses and sin and we could not get to God any other way. But God who is rich in mercy came to this earth and he died for us and now I have a, a, a salvation I have forgiveness not because of anything I've done but because of everything Christ did for me that is proof of the resurrection and why do you need to share your story because as you share your story Christ shows up in the middle of that when you go around to your friends and you say you know what God changed me I know it's crazy I know how I used to live I know what you used to call me I know the nicknames you used to give me I know what my life looked like but I I met a man named Jesus and he is the resurrected Christ and because of that my life has been changed forever listen you want revival you want revival you let people allow the burning of their heart to get to the place to where they're like Jeremiah who Jeremiah said I didn't even want to speak but there was a fire shut up in my bones. And if I didn't get it out, it was going to consume me. You want revival? It is people who have experienced the resurrected Christ. And they can't help but share the story with somebody else. Because they found somebody who knows them and loves them. They found somebody who loves them in spite of what they've done. They walked away. And Jesus wouldn't give up on them. He followed them and drew near to them. In the midst of their depression. In the midst of the issues they're facing. Jesus never gave up on them and in that moment you began to share your story Jesus shows up in the middle of that and says I'm here I can make a difference that is the power of the resurrection what we celebrate today is this here's the power of the gospel the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead the same spirit that brought him back to life you realize when they ask him, well, don't you know what's going on? Jesus could have said, well, yeah, let me, let's go back to Thursday night. I remember. Thursday night I was having dinner with some friends. Went out to pray afterwards. Got arrested. This friend of mine betrayed me. All night long I'm shuffled between the Jewish courts, and Roman courts, till finally one man says, I see no fault in you. But then he's a politician, and so everybody cries out, crucify him anyway and he gives into it because he wants to make everybody happy and so he gives in and then on Friday they beat me hang me on a cross I died but you know what they didn't put me where they normally put people that they hung on crosses more normally they would burn them in a place called Gehenna but the Bible says that the father said my son will see no corruption so they laid me, not in Gehenna, and burned my body, but I had a secret disciple by the name of Joseph of Arimathea who had a sepulcher, and he decided to lay me in there. But it was cool because I wasn't going to use it very long anyway. It was just a borrowed tomb. And you know what? My spirit descended into hell and 
defeated captivity, made it. But you know what? My body laid there dead. But early this morning, something happened. As I'm laying there, my body is dead on a cold slab, rock slab. All of a sudden, I feel something energy hit my body. It wasn't just an energy. It was the Spirit of God. My Father, it was the Spirit of God entered into this body. And all of a sudden, my eyes opened, my heart was beating, and I got up and some angels came and they rolled the stone away and I walked up out of that grave. Yes, I know what happened. I'm the one who experienced it. I'm the one who it happened to. And now that same thing can happen to you. Maybe today you're dead in your trespasses. Maybe today you just feel dejected and you feel like life is over. And you came to church because you had no choice. You wanted to keep everybody happy around you. You didn't want my gripe today. So you thought, I'll go to church, take a few photos because I hate having to do that. I'll smile for a minute. I'll go eat lunch. And then I'm going to do my own thing. And you leave me alone because I'm tired of life. I'm tired of living. I'm done. And today... Jesus meets you and he says I am the resurrection and the life though a man die yet shall he live and today if you can embrace the life of the resurrected Christ then that life can happen to you and your eyes can be opened, and you can see him in new ways and your heart can burn within you and you can leave here and say you know what Easter 2021 I don't know what was going on I'm not even usually a church folk person but all of a sudden Christ met me, and in my sin, in all the things I've done wrong, he loved me in spite of that. And the same power that raised him from the dead is living on the inside of me because I embraced the resurrected Christ. Would the worship team join me? Would you stand this morning? I can't prove this scripturally. But I, I think it's true. The Bible says whenever they gathered in the upper room to pray, 40 days after now, 50 days actually, sorry. Jesus was there 40 days, they were there for 10 days. But they gathered 40 days later, they were there for 10 days. There was 120 that gathered in the upper room. We don't know who those 120 were. It wasn't like when they signed the Declaration of Independence, they all signed some document, we could decide who was there. We don't know who those, we know there was 11 disciples. We know there was a few more. We have names, but very few. I can't prove this. But if that was Cleopas and Mary, I have a good feeling they were among the 120. They left that day saying, we're done. If it was his uncle, maybe he's saying, man, my nephew let me down. They walked away. They were leaving, going back home. I'm done. I tried it. It didn't work. But I believe that whenever the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, whoever those two disciples were, I've just got to believe they were part of the crowd because they had met Jesus that day in an amazing way. And I believe their life was forever changed. And today, I believe the same thing can happen to you I believe today that as you meet the resurrected Christ, you feel like my life is not worth living. But today, Christ is here letting you know he loves you and he cares about you. He's not mad at you. You say, well, I have my doubts. You know what? He's good with you even in your doubts. He doesn't say, well, when you get it all figured out mentally, come, come talk to me. 
in the middle of your doubts and your confusion, he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. I want everybody to close their eyes right now. I want to pray for you right where you're at. But this morning, if you say, I want to meet that kind of Christ that can change my life forever. I need to be saved today. Today is my day. With every, every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray for you right in your seat. But today is your day to start a journey to know Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hands right now? And I want to pray for you right there. Amen. 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 Hands up everywhere. Amen. Amen. Today is my day. Amen. Today is my day to make a decision to follow Jesus. I'm tired of doing it my way, and I want to know him today. I want everybody just to say this prayer with me this morning. Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Today I choose to accept your forgiveness and to follow after you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for washing me whiter than snow. Today I confess my sins and I repent. And your promise is that you will cleanse me. Thank you for this day and my relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the hands that went up all across this building? Listen, if you made that decision, I want to invite you back. Next Sunday, we are having baptisms. Next Sunday, you can publicly profess that I am following Jesus. We're going to have this stuff moved and right back here. We'll have a baptism in both services next Sunday. If you say, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, you can look on our app, on our website. You can go outside to our Welcome Center afterwards and sign up. We want to see you. We'll have, we just let us know so we can have a, a t-shirt ready for you and all of those things. But we want to see you baptized next Sunday. Now, I want to have one more prayer. This wasn't planned, and this is, I'm just going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we're going to do this a little different, but if the prayer team that was going to be here at the end, if they'll come down right now, if they don't mind, thank you. Just come on down now if you don't mind. Some of you walked in here facing some battles. You walked in here today dejected, down. You had a smile on your face. That's, what you're, that's how you're supposed to act at church. But if you're being honest today, if you took off the mask, not the one you're wearing because of any kind of guidelines, but the one that you're spiritually wearing. If you took off the mask today, if you're honest, you walked in here today down. And I believe that the resurrected Christ wants to meet you today. So when you walk out of here, you're going to walk out of here, not walking down with your head down, you're going to walk out with your head high saying today I have met Christ and so I want to ask you if that's you as we sing a song right now I want to ask you just to come down and we want to pray for you this morning and I believe you're going to leave here encouraged you're going to leave here ready to experience God in new ways so that's you as we worship make your way down here let us pray for you and let's see God do some amazing things in your heart this morning amen let's worship